Welcome to the Mentor Project Podcast, a place where you will learn, discover new ideas, be entertained, inspired, and even mentored. Our shows explore a wide range of subjects, including science, technology, business, society and culture, art and entertainment, and life. If you would like to learn more about The Mentor Project, please go to www.mentorproject.org. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of The Mentor Project Podcast. Marco, this is going to be a great discussion. I'm really excited to have on today a really special project for the Mentor Project. It's the Innovation Lab, and we're going to hear all about that today. So, Marco, are you ready? I am ready, and I have to be honest, I don't know much about it. I heard through the grapevines there is this lab I'm thinking the Bell Lab, just because I've talked to Bill before Cheswick, so the connection is clear there and Bob, so I know that it's going to be an amazing conversation. I'm coming in not knowing much about it, so I'll ask some, maybe some stupid question, which uh, maybe they're not so stupid. We'll see. We'll figure it out. As you know, Marco, <laughs> there's never a stupid question. And as you will hear, this is a relatively new lab. Um, it's really a new project. And I'm excited because today we have a couple of the, actually the co-founders of the Mentor Project, as well as a mentee and a innovator. And uh, why don't we start with introductions? How about that? So uh, Bob, would you like to start? Well, um, hello, Um, I'm Bob Cousins. Um, I guess it was uh, a bunch of years ago, Debbie Heiser and I uh, got together and uh, began to run this down the hill. Um, I'm a semi-retired technologist and inventor in Silicon Valley who've been, I've mentored a lot of people over the years and I've been very fortunate to have a chance to, uh, continue to do that. Um, and in this particular context, uh, we are, uh, trying to bring in, uh, various people to, uh, bring forth their ideas, maybe patent them, maybe build businesses out of them, maybe um, sell them off. Uh, try to try to move them past the concept stage, and that's very exciting to me. Absolutely, uh, that is exciting already. So I, w- I want to know more about it. But uh, let's go to let, let's leave uh, Bill for after. Let's go with Lily. What's uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm Lily, and currently I am running a cookware company. Um, we're in the prototyping stage, and um, I got involved with the mentor project um, through my dad, and got luckily paired with Bob. And it's really changed everything for my business. And so when I got the invitation to get involved in the innovation lab, um, I really jumped on the opportunity because it just sounded so exciting to meet other entrepreneurs and inventors and innovators and kind of have a community because sometimes it can be kind of a solo project that's hard to 
keep moving along. Um, so I was excited to get involved. That's great. And I look forward to hearing a little bit more about your company and some of your ideas. But let's go to Bill. And Bill, can you introduce yourself and your involvement uh, briefly in the Mentor Project and in this lab? Well, uh, my name is Bill Cheswick. I've been a science guy since Sputnik went up. And uh, that hit, led to a career in computers and internet, the network, and eventually to Bell Labs. Um, I'm a hacker in the sense of I like not, not this sort of breaking into computers. So I've certainly studied that. I've done a lot with computer security. But in the idea of coming up with ideas, uh, things to do. My Saturday projects are tend to be very technical and so on. And uh, like many people with a research bent, I'm much more interested in starting a project than finishing it. And, uh, and when Debbie Heiser stopped by, uh, I'm, I'm here retired on a farm in New Jersey, uh, I told her, you know, I'm pretty good at teaching. It's a waste for me to just sit here on the porch and read stuff. I should be teaching kids. I, you know, I, I'd love the challenge of trying to teach your fourth graders, class of fourth graders, about quantum mechanics. Now, the fact is, I don't know how to do that. I've, I've given that a lot of thought. But I have taught them rocket science and a variety of other things. And, uh, and I've accumulated a few patents over my years. Uh, mostly when you're at a place like Bell Labs, you come up with new ideas. You go down to the IP, uh, the lawyers, and you tell them the idea. And they said, oh, that sounds new. Let's get the patent for it. So uh, I've, I've been inventing stuff. And I have a pile of ideas and sometimes parts for those ideas sitting around the farm here. And there are sharp teenagers who are technically inclined. And I say, well, I have an idea. You know, I have my mailbox is a quarter mile away. And I'd sort of like to get information when the mailbox is open so I could know that I've got mail. Well, how would you do that? Uh, there's no electricity at the mailbox. It's a fair distance for Wi-Fi. Uh, there are technical questions, but maybe it could work. At my last house, it did work. I had a motion sensor in my mailbox, and it would tell me when we had mail. Um, so I've had a bunch of ideas like this. And uh, the Mentor Project has supplied me with some bright kids. When I say kids, up, up to college age or more. Uh, uh, working on th these various projects, which pr uh, give them a great chance to work on technology and to invent things and yeah, maybe get a patent now and then. I think the patent, it's a cool thing to have, um, but for me, that's, that's not the goal. The goal is to, to do new, new and cool things. So, you know, they're, they're, that's how I got involved with it. This innovation lab has a nice stream of promising people like Lily who have who have gone out with ideas and, uh, and, and started learning what it takes to make a business and uh, to, to chase this stuff down. Well, speaking about patents, so Bob, how many patents do you have? Oh, uh, something passed between two and three dozen. And Bill, how many patents do you have? Something like 20. You know, after you, you get a few of them, you stop keeping track. because. And I think you guys were involved in getting the mentor project. I think how many up to like at least three or three, I think three patents uh, that you've been involved in. So can you tell us now? So Lily, you're in good company in terms of getting patents. And, uh, you know, so with that, um, tell us a little bit more and anybody can really take this about what do you hope besides getting a patent happens with this lab? What, what's the ultimate goal really for each of you? Because I think it might be very different. 
I think it is different for all of us. Um, for me, I really want to help build skills around communication and make a community and facilitate really an area where everyone can come together and help each other, no matter how much experience you have or don't have, like everyone's ideas are welcome and encouraged. And um, I just really think your age doesn't define what you can contribute to a group. So that's what I'm really trying to bring out of everybody. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I learned so much in all of the meetings. Um, so it's just so exciting to be a part of and it keeps my own passion like going to connect with everyone. Wow, that's incredible because I know we've talked in other places about the need for safe space and how incredible is that to create this safe space where innovation can happen and ideas regardless of one's background or age. That's really phenomenal, don't you think, Marco? I know in other spaces we've talked about not having that safe psychological and uh, real space to do well, that. Well, it, it, it's nice to know you're not the only one because sometimes you find yourself either as a writer or a creative person or starting a business or, or having a, an idea and an invention in mind to be like, oh, I'm going to be alone on this. And, and having a group of people, I think that the experience that I heard many times said by uh, – by Bill Cheswick about the the time of the of the labs, um, it's the Bell Lab. It, it was the idea that everybody could just brainstorm and 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 throw something and and somebody will take it and run with it. So I, I think it's amazing, and I I want to pass the the question that you had to actually Bob and Bill to hear the what they expecting to really get and give get and give because the part of being a mentor uh, from this, from this lab. Well, allow me to make a, a slightly orthogonal comment here. Um, a little more than two centuries ago, there was a, a youth in Massachusetts named Frederick Tudor. And he thought it would be really, really nice if he could have ice in his tea. And he grew up in a, in a place where there was ice on the river and ice on the lake. And he figured out he could, find a way to store the ice and use it in the summer when it was hot. And by the time he was 25, you could get iced tea in Havana. And by the time he was 30, you could get iced tea in Calcutta, all with ice that had been harvested off of the lakes of Massachusetts. That is a classic example of innovation. Because of that, we learned to have ice boxes in our kitchens and to use ice to preserve food in the modern way that then gave birth to air conditioning and to refrigeration electrical refrigeration uh, and ultimately to cryogenics and a number of other things but it all could be traced back to one young innovators idea which was sitting around the house going gee wouldn't it be nice if we had some of that ice in the summer that we used to have in the winter? So we are dealing with a lot of smart youths here. And by youths, I mean people younger than I am and I'm old, um, who have ideas and who often ask open questions. And I see this as a way to create a path for them to explore and furthermore to understand how to explore future ideas. Wonderful. Uh, Bill, 
and I would jump on this. Yeah, um, it, it, the safe space part is sort of interesting because, uh, you know, I, I've always liked to teach. And of course, you want a friendly teaching environment. Um, Bell Labs, in some sense, was a well-provisioned space. You come up with ideas, they give you equipment, they let you run with it. And at the end of the year or two, they said, good job or not such a good job. And it might even be, you haven't done a good job for three years. It's time for you to go move on somewhere else. And, you know, some, that's happened to some people. Um, I've also seen people come in full of ideas and the gods of the field said, nope, that's a bad idea. Nope, we tried that. Nope, that doesn't work. Not very safe. Uh, you, you get um, a whole variety of personalities on various spectrums that aren't always welcoming, uh, in particular, often not with women, uh, so not, not so safe. On the other hand, I have had the privilege to work with world-class women in research and co-authors and so on. Um, but it, I, to categorize research as a safe space, is it, you need an asterisk on there. On the other hand, um, teaching kids, eager technical teens who are just learning that they're really unusual and that there are other people like them out there, male and female, who are interested in this sort of stuff is very exciting. And I love to feed that. Um, and let me give you an idea for just one project that I came up with that we've been. I think we lost him. Oh my God, I jinxed it at the beginning. I said somebody Wait. fell from the internet and uh, and he did, but here's. He's you, dead. if you put it on um, pause, well, can we resume it when he comes back? No, no, no. We just keep going. He's coming back. So I can that... continue his idea. Great. Well, he, here he well, is. He's back. I'm back. I'm back. I don't know. Well, it's we probably your firewall, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, probably not, though I could go steer around it if I needed to. Well, that was an interesting outage. I have Starlink here. I could hook to that. Um, well, for uh, our oh, listeners. So for our listeners, the joke that Marco made about I know I should explain that. firewall <laughs> is that Bill worked on the firewall <laughs> and invented I, the firewall, right? I, I've been accused yeah. of inventing the firewall. I did not. Okay. Um, I then, have also, marketing, marketing people have also called me the father of the firewall, which is indistinct enough that, yeah, maybe that's sort of right. But the firewall had lots of fathers, including somebody like Judy Estrin, who is, would be the mother of firewalls. So I, I certainly had a lot to do with teaching the world about firewalls at the beginning. And, you know, that you can put that on my gravestone if you want. Um, I was, uh, and, and yes, it is possible that we had an outage here. I'd have to blame Comcast, but it, I don't know what's going on. I was going to, to mention, and I guess we can pick it up from here, um, a project that I came up with that is a good example of the sort of the the sort of stuff I think of and the good projects that are working with the kids was um, the problem of navel oranges. You go into the store, you select some navel oranges, you take them home, you peel them, and they're wonderful and juicy. But some of them are dry and fibrous. Could we come up with an app to tell the difference? Well. Some of the things I've learned over the years is that computers and iPhones and smartphones have very good microphones and very good speakers. They go up into ultrasound. They can go up to about 25 kilohertz. Could we make an app 
that would ping an orange. Listen to the echoes and tell a juicy orange from a fibrous one. Okay, I don't actually know the answer. Uh, I think the answer is yes. Um, wouldn't this be an interesting project for somebody who's a little advanced for teenagers, but you know, there are teenagers who do college level stuff. Um, how do you, what, what do you, first of all, you'd have to write an app. It'd need a user interface. That's a whole thing that you need to learn when you're getting into the, this field, uh, into the, the field of programming and iPhones. I mean, this is a brilliant piece of hardware. This, this little device is more powerful than the $8 million computer, Cray computer we had at Bell Labs in 1990. And, you know, you can use it on the toilet. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. So for those, thing, that, for, those, for those that are listening, Bill picked up his cell phone. For those, I, I don't know if it's oh, oh, right. Sorry. I, I, so I for guess, those who are just I on the podcast, it's a, it's a, uh, a cell phone. It should okay. be more Fair thought enough. of as a pocket supercomputer that can imitate a phone. Yes. That, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, it has an annoying phone property uh, being a nice computer. I, you know, I'd rather they don't call me. I want to use it. You know, um, let, let me but, let me add to that a second because Susie, Susie yeah. Katz, which you all know as a photographer, she made a joke the other day saying that he's a camera that actually make phone calls. So I think everybody can get <laughs> what they want yeah. from this machine. Yeah. It's really good. Different so, perspective. So how about a device that can test fruit in the grocery store? Um, you'd need to figure out pings. You'd have to listen to the response. Then you'd need to collect data to tell good oranges from bad oranges. Do you do that by pure reason? Do you do that by analysis of the sonograms and the spectrum that come back? Or do you feed it into a machine learning uh, algorithm? You, you give it a thousand oranges that were good and a thousand oranges that were bad and say, you figure out how to tell the difference. These are all skills that someone going into and through college in the technical field of programming and so on uh, are going to use, whether the orange app works or not. And so I've been working with somebody who had some skills in this area, and we, we've worked on trying to figure out how to make this work. You could actually... Uh, there's more to it. You could set up a web page where people could submit oranges. They said, I pinged this orange and it was good. I pinged this one was bad. You could crowdsource this and try to figure out what, what it is. And of course, people are saying, what about avocados or uh, uh, whatever? I was going to so say, this is an open-ended idea. I am not going to finish the idea. Now, Bill, are you... Is this, and you said you're working with somebody, are you working on this through the mentor project, through the innovation lab? Is this happening there with one of the um, mentors? Actually, it, it predates the, the innovation lab, but it's the sort of stuff that I love to do and look forward to doing more stuff in the innovation lab. I love to, to offer these technical challenges to people. The, the kids can sort of stretch their minds and learn how to do this grown up stuff which, you know, if you've got time and inclination, it's all there on the internet and how to do this. And uh, there's nothing like having technical projects to work on to figure out how to solve things. And as you can see, there's a whole lot of questions, user interfaces, programming, uh, right. and so on. You, right. you know, how would it work? Anyway, uh, that, that's, well, that's the hope I have for the project, is doing that sort of thing. Great. I, Lily I would like Go ahead, Bob. Go for Sorry. it. I, I'd like to underscore something that Bill said that's very important here. 
we live in a world in which there's a whole lot of development taking place. And we live in this world of open source and open ideas and open exchange of information, which means that where 50 years ago, if one was to try to make his orange tester, one would have had to start with designing circuitry and writing a whole lot of very basic code after doing some serious mathematics to figure out exactly how to do things. Uh, someone today can pick up an existing cell phone using the existing componentry and pulling down big chunks of, of code and mathematical libraries uh, available already, which means you don't have to know vector calculus to do some of this stuff. All you have to know is if I use this chunk of code and I use it this way, it will do this function for me. And you've got enough compute power where you don't have to be particularly effective or efficient. Now, what this means is that suddenly you can play. This is exactly the same way if you put three-year-olds together with Legos, they will begin to put together things that aren't necessarily optimal, but meet their needs, and they will invent new things. So what Chez is, is talking about here is a wonderful new way where you can invent by using big chunks of knowledge that you don't yet have, which means that you can begin to invent earlier when you're more creative, when you have a brighter eyed view of everything, you aren't jaded, and that you can call on mentors to help you to understand and understand what you need, what you're missing, and maybe they can help you to jump over some of the hurdles, which means that you can be successful more easily, more quickly, with less frustration. So Bob, that's a perfect segue to my next question. And this one I'm going to pose to Lily. So Lily, in your introduction, you talked about that when you got involved with the Mentor Project in this group, that it's really changed things for you. Could you talk a little bit about how what's changed for you? I think a few things, um, but I guess the first one that's coming to mind is my confidence. Um, you know, being in a room with Bob and Bill and then <laughs> them like raising their hands to speak to me or like ask a question or ask me what I think. I'm like, how did I get here? Or talking to Charlie and being like, oh, I met an astronaut today. It's like, it's very um, cool. I mean, it's honestly just amazing. <laughs> and it makes me more confident about my business and talking to, you know, new partners that I want to work with or anything like that. But it also just made me more um, adventurous, I suppose, in using my voice and my opinions and um, speaking. <laughs> Although right now, sometimes I'm just taking notes because there are so many cool things that I'm learning. Um, but if I have an idea, I say it. And I, if I have a question, I want to ask it. And I, I feel braver than before. Um, and I also feel like I have advice to give which I didn't really think of myself as someone who could, you know, help somebody right now. Um, but I, I can, and I do, and uh, it's exciting. It's nice for me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I want to jump on this because we always talk with, with Debbie and, and, be, and amongst ourselves how we're learning. I mean, even when I, I, I host the podcast, I'm learning 
as much as if I'm reading a book because I'm interviewing and having a conversation with someone that knows so much more than me on any given topic. Uh, so that's beautiful what you say, Lily. And I think I, I would like to get to the fact that, you know, the mentor is also the mentee. And, and that's a, a mantra that we repeat a lot in the mentor project. To go back on the lab and the invention, um, Lily, I'm going to stick with you and then I want to do a round with this. The business aspect, because we, we talk about patent and and there is also the business. I think that the world is probably full of drawers with great ideas that never actually came to life. And some lesser, you know, less good idea actually made it really big because of marketing, business investment, and so forth. So as we look at the innovation, we look at the way to market the innovation. I know that all of you have a company, either a startup or you sold some. So what's the take there? I mean, Lily, let, let's go with you. Like you have a business. Are you learning a lot about how to transform this idea into into reality to market it and so forth? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, I'm also in a master's program where I take business courses, and um, so I learn a lot there. But I think applied knowledge from people like Bob and Bill and anyone else in the innovation group, you learn nuances about starting a business that you would never come across. Um, and you also learn better ways to go about things. So, I don't, you know, I would never think of putting a magnet somewhere, but Bob does. And then I write that into my business plan. I figure out how that works. And then I can ask him questions about it. But um, some of the things I guess I know from school, I didn't realize other people didn't know. So in the group like last night, we were talking about business plans and I have that information like at my fingertips and I have 30 copies right now of my business plans and redoing it and redoing it and redoing it. Um, but I think for me, at least with my business, it's like passion that keeps me coming back um, every day and curiosity about how I can make it better and make things even more perfect and more um, beautifully designed while also being, you know, a product that I'm proud of and works the way I wanted to. Um, but marketing is a huge component. <laughs> That's honestly one of, I thought it'd be my favorite thing. Uh, it's not, <laughs> um, like picking colors is so, um, it, you think it's simple until you have two greens next to each other and one is somehow more female and one is somehow like more male and you know there's just a lot of different minute things and talking to people and getting opinions is a huge part of business so i think being in that group and just asking a question about a color even is huge for somebody who's starting a business very cool uh bob the side of business the innovation side of business tell us about that you're mute Here's the problem. Many nerds think that if they invent a better mousetrap, the world will be the path to their door. Matter of fact, that they feel that they deserve to have the world be the better path to their door. This doesn't happen. Many, many great solutions die in the dark, unheard of, un unseen, and unexperienced. Well, <clears throat> 
what we need is we need to get things to market. And to get things to market means you have to tell people about it, have to explain to them why they want it. You have to be able to get it to them, a channel. You need to be able to support it. You need to be able to answer questions. You need to be able to improve it and come out with new versions. You need to be able to manufacture it. You need to be able to fix the broken ones. There's a lot of things that come about this. And many of the people that would come to me would say, oh, we've got this great idea and we don't need any of that normal corporate overhead. We'll build a website. And I explained that if General Motors could do that, they would have a 40% profit, not a 5% profit. But somehow they figured out you can't eliminate sales and marketing and all those other nasty support features. Many people who have ideas have no concept of how businesses are put together. And they have no concept of how the product goes from idea to actually on the market. And they don't understand the, the concepts of finding customers, defining a market, or anything else. Many of the difficulties that you have is that when you're truly innovating, there's nothing out there that the end user can say that they want to see. Um, Bill and I are friends with Bob Frankston, who wrote the original spreadsheet program, VisiCalc. When he was inventing VisiCalc, there was no spreadsheet program out there. So he couldn't go up to a computer user and say, what features do you want in your spreadsheet program? Because they would say, what's a spreadsheet program? He actually had to carry the vision all the way to the end and actually explain it and, and have people learn to see the value in the product. And that required much more than just simply writing a bunch of code. That required that he actually carry a vision and an idea and a use case and a, and a, and a model customer. And then they had to create a company that would actually sell the thing. And that had, to, that had to be run in such a way that it could make enough money off of each sale so that it could make the next sale. All of these things are complicated. And all of them have many, many, many decades of experience behind them in normal cases that are not obvious. So it's not unreasonable that people will lack experience and knowledge of the other side. And one of our jobs is to explain to them that there is another side to this problem. Another one is to help them walk through some of these issues. And the other is to help them to put together a team because often you need six or eight or 10 people to get one of these ideas off the ground with different sections and different places. I mean, Lily is wonderful as a, as a, a vision leader and, and uh, she has a wonderful, brilliant idea for her, for her knives. But before she's done, she's going to need someone who knows how to do the finances. She's going to need someone who knows how to do the, the mechanical design and someone who knows how to do the detailed manufacturing. She's going to need to have someone who knows how to do the marketing and the sales. She's going to have to have someone who's able to support the shipments in the field. And the list goes long and each one of those jobs is there. One of the rules is, you know, remember Pogue's law, eliminating the job does not eliminate the work. If you trim the team down to where it's only two people, they've got a lot of hats. 
and they get better be good at wearing a lot of hats. So that's what the, one of the key roles we're having here is to explain to these people how to get into the bigger world. It's hard. I will say, though, just jumping off of that, like, while that sounds like a very long list um, for me, because I have this support system in this group and just Bob too, when we have one-on-one -on -one meetings, I, I don't feel as scared of it. I feel curious about each of these topics. So I'm excited to learn about manufacturing, which I actually had a background in. My first job was in cosmetic, cosmetic manufacturing. So that gave me a really big picture of um, distribution and a ton of things. But I think when you kind of bite them off as curious topics where you can kind of evolve into people you meet and trust and you kind of have some knowledge around it and you're willing to hand it off and ready to hand it off, I think it just becomes a little less scary. So, you know, it does sound like a long list, but slowly but surely it becomes a company and it's exciting. And I have a lot of those people now within a year, which I didn't think I would because um, I just got curious and a little less um, scared, I think. Bill, do you want to answer that question? And then I have some comments to make because what you guys are saying is great. I want to comment, but uh, Bill, why don't you? Um, I, I, I think a couple thoughts leap to mind. One, the marketing question. I co-founded a company that used our internet mapping technology to find out where corporate networks go. And the marketing question came up, is this a security product or is this a network management product? And that was easy to me, it's both. Uh, you know, why would you separate it? Well. You separate it because money for security comes from a different bucket in corporations than money for network management. And that changes how you sell things. I said, ah, I know you need this. I invented it because everybody was having this trouble. Um, so that you get these things in there that are just sort of, I can't believe this is an issue. The other thing is, um, as with science fiction authors, I found with inventors that good ideas, there are lots of good ideas that come pretty easily, um, a lot more than make it to market. And I'll give you an example of one idea I had. It is my four word patent idea. So you got to listen carefully to the four words. Color selectable hold music. Wouldn't you like that? Yeah, I don't want to listen to your crappy ads. I want give me rock and roll or a time or quiet or something like that. Well, that's an idea that I've never heard anyone say that's a really bad idea. I'd like to, we'd like to have that. I worked for the phone company when I came up with that idea. I couldn't get them interested in it. Um, and, you know, I'd still like that idea, but who would be the right place to take it? Who, who would, how would you do it? On the other hand, it's pretty cool to have a patent idea that's four words long. Um, you know, obviously you'd submit something quite a bit longer than that, but that, that's the gist of it. You know, what's so interesting is, sorry, go ahead, Bob. There's lots of examples of people who just can't see the problem because it's too close to them. Uh, Gary Stoudemire, who invented the laser printer, uh, was working for Xerox at the time. And he tried to show them what a wonderful idea the laser printer was, and they couldn't understand why anyone would want one. And he finally said, think of it as a copying machine that doesn't need an original. And that just completely confused them. And ultimately, Xerox is, of course, not the dominant player in 
and laser printers, but they developed them. There's lots of other examples of these where, yes, the money comes out of the wrong, uh, the wrong pocket. Uh, another one is how high up on the chain do you sell it? Uh, different corporations have different signature levels. Selling a $5,000 product is a lot easier than selling a $50,000 product. But selling a $60,000 product is a lot harder than a $50,000 because there are a lot of people who have a $50,000 signature level, but not sixty. To get to sixty, you may need five or six other signatures. So figuring out how much effort it is to sell something and how best to get it in to the customer, it's almost like planning the D-Day invasion. Well, I'm not going to follow up on that comment, but what I want to do is circle back to some things that Lily had mentioned and both Bob and Bill had said, because there's a few things that I think really could be highlighted here in terms of what this project is doing for both mentees and mentors. And some of the things that I want to highlight is that one, it sounds like what this group is providing that's so crucial is that, you know, especially here in the States, we still have a culture I believe that's very individualistic and that there's this, this theme that, you know, you can do it on your own. And that's not true. We know that you can't do anything really on your own. And so one of the great things that I heard Lily talk about is how what you've learned and what this group is doing is really showing all the different aspects of an idea from beginning to then putting it out there and being successful, but in a way that is really showing that there are people that can help and that you don't have to shoulder this on your own. Because I know that sometimes when people have an idea and then they think about everything that they have to do, if they think that they have to do it all, it becomes overwhelming. And then it does go into that draw that Marco, you referred to. And so one of the keys is that besides getting this great information and knowledge and experience concretely from both Bob and Bill, you're also getting this experience of realizing that, oh, there's lots of other people too, and I don't have to do this alone. And I can learn parts of it but I can utilize other people, the teamwork approach. And you're also learning how to work as a team. So my question is, you know, I'm hearing a lot about, Lily, you talked about what it's like as a mentee, you're, you're, you're gaining confidence, um, which I love. And, you know, you're really taking the knowledge and seeing things uh, in a bigger picture. Bob and Bill, what are you getting personally from being a mentor? What does it mean to you to be a mentor of these mentees? Um, well, first of all, I get a huge amount of satisfaction to see someone who actually leaves the room and says, I know how to go forward. Um, there, there's a, a, a great, there's a great pleasure that comes from transferring and enabling someone to be successful in the future. Uh, playing even a small role in that is, is a wonderful thing. The other thing is when you realize the hours and days and weeks of frustration that you may have been able to head off, that's that's a that makes a you feel well, uh, very good about things. And then finally, uh, interacting with these smart people is a lot of fun, and they have great ideas, and they'll periodically surprise you, and they'll periodically uh, amaze you, and this is a wonderful thing to to, uh, to see. And finally. 
the nerd culture is very basic on mentoring. This is something that we started doing. Uh, heck, uh, I, I was a year out of college and I was mentoring and I was being mentored. Uh, so this is something that's a natural activity to us, uh, kind of like walking or breathing. And uh, that doesn't mean it isn't fun to walk and it isn't fun to breathe. Um, but uh, Bill, I'm sure you can take my gibberish and turn it into something a little more rational. I think Bill's having a little technical difficulties. Yeah, so, he's jumping from one Starlink to another. So uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get him when he came back. Uh, you know what, I think we can start talking about, unless Lily, if you want to jump on this as a, you know, what, what you think the mentor are getting into this, please jump on it. It'd be a, a, an interesting perspective if you want to. Or we pass it to Bill, because it's back. Let's go with Bill. <laughs> Bill. Bill, what's your perspective on this? I know you're having some issues going in and out, but did, did you, can you follow up on the question here? Mm. Yeah, I don't. Technology is not a, a friend today. Yeah, I think you're muted, Bill. Okay. Lily, do you want to take it? Um, I think that, at least my experience with Bob, um, I, I don't know. I It's so hard to explain because I just think it's given me so much. But I, um, we talk a lot about, like, that nerd culture and um, talking about how we think differently and how it's often, like, not really exposed um, how we think. And it's we're not encouraged to ask questions or find the people like us. And I think having this community where it's like um, not about um, doing anything alone, it's encouraged to do things together is very new for a ton of people. And including myself, I always want to do things by myself because I just was kind of taught to do that. And Bob has really allowed me to see that that's not necessary and it's not <laughs> the easiest way and why would you make something harder when you don't have to? Great. You know, I, I'm just thinking, you know, as we begin to um, end this beautiful conversation, um, let's bring it back again to the Mentor Projects Innovation Lab in terms of the purpose. And for those that are listening out there, if they wanted to know what what can the Mentor Project Innovation Lab offer me? Like, how would I know if I wanted to call up and say, hey, I want to be a part of this? What's a couple of things that you would tell your listeners out there uh, to see if they wanted to be involved in something like this? Maybe some questions that you they can ask themselves. What what would you want to say? Bob, do you want to take this one to start with? Sure. Okay. This is a real easy one. We want you if you want to help someone innovate, whether that someone is you or it's someone else, even someone you don't know. If you have experience in innovation, developing of products and businesses and concepts, then we would love to have you in our group as a mentor to help us to take these people through the process and to help us to build teams of support around these uh, different ideas and carry them through. We don't have everyone working on everything. We have an idea and we wave the flag and people will, who are interested in that idea will cluster around it and help get that product out. The other thing is, if you have an idea that you would like to push forward, whether you're a youth 
or whether you're a, a professional or whether you're a retired person. We have horizontal and vertical mentoring, which means if you have an idea you want out, come to, come to see us and we'll treat you, we, we will treat you with the same disregard that we treat everyone else. That's we'll put you in there. We'll ask you 10,000 questions. And before you're done, you're, you'll come out of it like Lily, who's, who's uh, had to rethink her project multiple times and has developed a really powerful idea from what was before a really good idea that hadn't been, shall we say, tested in the fire. That's, that's, what we, that's what we ask you to do. Come join us and help us to make it a better world for tomorrow because we're in the business of improving the world by bringing the things to the world that the world needs, whether it's addressing problems in the third world or whether it's curing cancer or whether it's just making the uh, simple things around your house better. We want to make the world a better place and to enable these people who want to do it to have the tools they need so when they have that big idea, they can finally move it forward. I don't want to lose any big ideas because someone at the age of 15 or 20 didn't get a chance to learn enough to take their idea forward. Well said, Bob. Lily, do you want to add to that? I don't know how I could top that, but um, I think if you just have a curious mind and you have any idea, even if it was like something in the shower, um, that you didn't write down and now you forget it and you want to come back and think if you can see if you can think it up again. Um, we're a group where you can explore that. And um, I just encourage everyone to come and see what kind of uh, confidence you can build or curiosity or knowledge and be a part of a community. That's great. And Bill, I yep. think you're back. Yay. Yeah, I'm back. Yes, I've used three different technologies to connect satellite, cable, and cell cellular <laughs> and we're back on cable um i can't improve on bob's answer i can help lily with a shower problem i know someone who kept a wax pencil in his sh shower and he would draw notes on his tile <clears throat> and he showed me his shower and it was just festooned with ideas that had come to him in the shower <clears throat> i got some of my best ideas in the shower so you know you might want to do that so we may invent something that allows you to get better notes in the shower. How about that? Well, it, it's the ideas that come out. You just want to capture them and, you know, okay. dictate them or write yeah. them somewhere. And if the shower works for you, yeah. do it I on was the thinking that. The shower. Maybe a, a microphone on the, on the headset for the shower. It's an idea. So this has been great. And for those that want to get involved, do you want to learn more information? Please go to mentorproject.org or you can reach out to us at the Mentor Project podcast. Um, there's lots of ways to reach us and please reach out. This is amazing, Marco. I'm kind of like feeling the pressure to come up with an idea just to be part of the group. Like I, these, it's amazing. Like I want to join the group, but I don't have any ideas just yet. But maybe if we I don't need ideas, we need people too. Okay, I'm a people. I am a people. I we can need join. people like you. Okay, I'm there. I count me in. All so right, there you go. I want to thank each and every one of you. This is amazing. And Marco, I hope that we can have them all back after uh, like a couple of months from now. 
when we see what's been developed and we hear more about Lily's business. And I think someone said something about knives in there. So next time you can talk to us about that knife project that you're doing. Um, so this has been great. Thank you each and every one of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just to close, I want to, I don't have anything to add at this except that I'm glad that you didn't ask me how many patents I have because <laughs> I would have been miserably saying zero. But I do have some ideas, so at least uh, at least I got that. And talking about ideas, I, I want to close with a call to all the mentors and all the people involved in the mentor project. This is this what you're seeing right now is open door. Uh, you have you want to come have a conversation, talk about what the mentor project does, tell us how you got involved with it, what is your vision for it. We are here. Me and Susan are just two humble uh, people that are going to help carry the conversation. But we need people that are as brilliant and all of you, I would say anyone in the mental project for that, uh, for that matter. And uh, so just uh, come on, chat with us, and, uh, and we will uh, share these with as many people as possible. And uh, this was a great conversation. So um, I appreciate that. You're going to go out on video. If you're watching this, you're, you know that already. Um, if you prefer to follow up with, listen it again on audio version when you're driving in the car, don't watch this in the car, please. That would not be nice. Uh, do that and uh, subscribe to the channel and uh, visit the uh, mentorproject.org. And, uh, and you, can, you can donate. I mean, we, we're all volunteers here, so we will welcome that as well. And thank you all for listening and watching. And we look forward to seeing you and talking with you again. Thanks. Everybody waves now and I'm closing. <laughs>